0: Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Ski Instructor Podcast. My name is Dave Burrows and I'm the director and owner of Snowpro Ski School based here in Valdilier in Switzerland. I hope you're all well. Uh this is ep- uh, attempt number six, uh, an introduction here. I've had helicopters going past. There's a couple of fellas in the back of the office here who are replacing doors and windows or something. A scooter went past and I've lost my way three or four times. So um, let's hope I can get this one right because it's taking ages at this point right now. Um, I hope you're all well. Uh, we've got snow on the mountains here uh, in Valdivia uh, opposite me. I can't see it out of the uh, the window here on this side, but um, on the other side on the Don du Midi um, on the kind of the teeth of the Don Dumini Midi, from about 2000 up to 3,300 meters, there is snow, which is great. Um, we've got like a bunch of wet weather going through this week and, and obviously at altitude uh, it's snowing, which is great because I'm hopefully going to finally be able to get on my skis in the next week or two and, uh, and go start making some turns. I think um, they should be getting some snow up at Glacier 3000 now. So um I'm very much looking forward to getting the boots on and getting going um much much later than I expected but we've had a lot to do so yeah uh, it's been a busy autumn and this new snow on the mountain and, and sort of the end of the uh the half term um school holidays has meant that people are starting to look forward to their 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 sort of winter bookings. We've booked in a bunch of stuff into the diary already but now we're starting to get um, the the sort of the tourist skiers booking their stuff in as well, which is um, which is pretty cool. But a little bit later, I think the normal one, and, and speaking to other people in the industry, that seems to be the pattern for this year. Is that is that people are booking later? Maybe something to do with the kind of the wet weather that we had over Christmas, New Year last year. Um, but we'll see. We'll keep an eye on the, the 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 profile of the bookings as they come in. Um, this week, and this could be the episode that takes the Skinstructor to podcast past 100,000 downloads, um, which is mind blowing really to me that there's been that many people download and listen to me ranting about this, that, and the other, um, along with, uh, obviously my, my guests, but, um, this week it's almost like I've done some, um, done some actual real journalism. So those of you in Canada and all across the internet, I guess, will have seen the new instructor organization that has that, that that has come out of Canada, the Professional Ski Instructors of Canada, and um, I decided to get in touch with the guys and get their um, get their perspective on on what it is that they're trying to do and what it is that they're trying to set up. So I spoke to Perry and Jeff, and uh, and we had a lovely, lovely long conversation about what it was they're trying to do um, and what the goal of the organization is. Um, so. I'm just going to let this, it's quite a long episode, but I'm just going to let it run straight through because I think that's actually a better format than me inserting myself into the middle. So I probably just won't say that again. Um, but we kind of get to know the guys a little bit. We hear their thoughts on Interski. Um, we introduced the the, the PSIC and uh, what makes it different from um, other ski instructor organizations. Um, I think the most interesting thing that they talk about in this episode is the link with industry so they're kind of got a foot in both camps so they're looking at ski resorts as well as the instructor themselves and kind of what's what the the ski resorts are looking for as well as um training and certifying ski instructors so that's the for me like the biggest um the biggest thing and we talk about that in depth and you know potential conflicts and stuff of that Um, we also talk about attracting people into snow sports and and you know further stuff about um psic philosophy and the organization and what it is they're looking to do um, like I said, really, really great interview. I'm, I fully intend to follow up with these guys after their first winter, so so you know maybe we'll hear them again um, after the uh, after the winter. Um, but I think that's probably enough talking from me now, and I'll just let this uh, let this interview stand for itself, and uh, and you guys can um, you guys can learn a little bit more about the PSI C. So enjoy this and uh, I will catch you on episode 58, uh, 59. This is 58. See you soon. Hi, welcome to the Ski Instructor Podcast. Um, Perry and Jeff, Professional Ski Instructors Canada. Have I got the name right? Old Canada. Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> <a day. laughs>
0: Good. How are you guys? You doing well? Excellent.
1: Yeah, really well. It's uh well, we were talking just earlier. It's, a, it's an early start to the day here. It's still dark outside, which means winter's coming. It's good. And uh, same, Dave. You know,
2: it's exciting. Uh, in you know here in Western Canada, you know the hills are starting to get some snow up high. So it's
0: always an exciting time of year,
2: and the anticipation of the
0: season ahead. It's great. Yeah, it's right, isn't it? I've, I've started to notice a, an uptick of skiing videos on my social media. Um, and it's started to make me get a little bit in the mood. I've kind of, uh, I've got, I'm looking at my diary and desperately trying to find little windows where I could head up to Zermatt or SAS Bay or something and just get some turns in, you know, before it all starts to go uh, go crazy. I need to really make some time to, for myself to go and do something like that. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, just trying to do do the best I can um so sorry about the time difference we're literally worlds apart there's a huge ocean in between us. <laughs> um yeah. why don't you yeah. you guys start off by giving me I don't mind who goes first but but maybe give me a bit of a background as to you personally and kind of your skiing background um I think the thing that we like i like to do with with my podcast is to get to know you guys as individuals um and tell the story that way and then we can move a little bit on to psic later on and talk more in depth about that
1: sounds good go, ahead, Terry. Yeah, go for it oh, okay um well, um, yeah. My name. Thanks, Dave. My name is Jeff Marks, and I'm uh, I'm based in Banff, Alberta. Originally from Jasper, so I'm not too uh, far away, I'm just a few hours south now. So, I grew up in the mountains, national parks, um, and got into ski teaching uh, when I was 18. Got my level one at uh, Marmot Basin with uh, with Wendy Reed. She was my first first uh, snow school director ever, and. Uh, and then it just kind of went from there. I, I had originally actually um, been looking at a career in in the hospitality industry, hotels, restaurants, things like that. Um, but uh, well, kind of like you inferred there earlier on, Dave. You know, you 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 try the ski industry out and, and get into it, and it tends to, to grab people, which it, it did um, with me for sure. So um, that's kind of been the majority of my uh, you know my career ever since, um, with some off season summertime stints here and there um and yeah so uh, season in jasper and then sort of a quick timeline I, I uh i came down to um down to banff in uh 1997 and uh started working with the club ski program i was here for 10 years and then i had an opportunity to actually go to niseko village in japan and uh, help them get a snow school off the ground Oh, cool. um, that sort of served a, a more international market than what it was was doing at, at, the, at the time. Uh, so that became a four-year, <laughs> an initial six-month experiment <laughs> that turned into four years. Uh, uh, and then um, back here to Banff, um, started working with the CSIA in uh, 2011 uh, as a, a program coordinator for Western Canada. And then in 2019, uh, applied for and got the role of... Uh, National Program Director with CSIA. So it's it's been a very um ski industry focused um career for me. And um yeah, just love living here in the mountains and and having kind of those two uh definite seasons. I got my got my fishing shirt on here this morning. I spent a lot of time doing that in the in the summer and mountain biking and camping and stuff. We're in a, a pretty great place here. But uh yeah, I'm excited for the winter to come. I was saying to Perry, I went for a run there um, yesterday did an uphill run and managed to find myself in the snow for the first time this year.
0: Yeah, kind of got me. <laughs> yeah, heading so up. That's what I'll be doing soon. Yeah, when it comes down a bit yeah. more, I've got a, I've got a, um, have bored the listeners to death about this, but I've got a little trials bike which you can kind of you ride those anywhere, and um, and I normally go up to see the snow as well. Like as soon as it comes down to a reasonable place, right, we're gonna go and go and make sure it's there. You know, um, can you'll, I? You'll you- enjoy a conversation with Mark Sedgwick. He's a trials bike guy oh yeah okay oh oh, he's definitely going on the list then um the what I was going to ask you actually just while you you were going through that which I think is quite it's definitely quite interesting and this is just for I, you know we go on to um to you Perry but that when you went out to Niseko to set up everything there how do you how did you find it like in terms of Skiing cultural differences between the two countries, what they were doing what they weren't doing that kind of thing. What what were the what were the things that made that an interesting project? Oh man, everything. It
1: it, it was really yeah, it was fascinating. Um, I I skipped one piece of my my history prior to that, which was a, a year at school in Japan. So I went over there to Niseko with with some language capabilities. Oh wow! Okay, um, which was super helpful um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> But you know, as far as the, the ski culture goes, I mean, we we actually embarked on some really interesting projects at the time. One of them was to open an area of the mountain that was was closed because traditional skiing, traditionally skiing off-piste in Japan, is not uh, is not that common for various reasons.
0: Yeah,
1: um, this one was uh, you know it was a closed area. Have you been to Niseko? If I spoke about it, would you kind of know?
0: I haven't no? been okay, well, to. I haven't done no anything like that. I'm, I get stuck like here in my home resort, and I never seem to get out of it. <laughs> I have to make a really big yeah, effort, Yeah. you know. Well, to you, uh... you should definitely
1: put it on your on your on your list, yeah, um, for sure. But uh, you know, just one example of that that kind of cultural question was, um, you know, this particular area of the, the ski um, resort had been closed for for years mm-hmm. um, because of the uh, essentially because of the the aspect of of. Um, avalanches and and uh you know danger basically to the public and we ended up actually working on a project um with uh a gentleman actually from from canmore alberta who came over and helped the uh the ski patrol at Nisiko village um over a couple of year project actually work on um uh, mitigation of, of avalanche risk uh, and then eventually skier access, which led to you know, skier compaction of that same area, which made it safer. And now it's actually an open part of the ski area. So okay. that was an interesting, you know, a really interesting process to go through. And um, I think like anything, you know, changes like that are, are they require a lot of heavy lifting and they're also, you know, super emotional when it comes to, um, you know, what's been done in the past and, and stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, I guess there's some parallels there. Um, but the, the skiing culture is great. It, it's, Japan has, has so much history in, in skiing and, and they're passionate about it. And uh, it was a really fun, fun time. And, and we brought a, an international component to, um, to the resort at that time, to the existing snow school. It was there previously.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, so, uh, was, it was, the, was the idea of that to sort of drag more international guests towards that area then? Yeah, I, I'm,
1: when I when I got there in 2007, sort of the the initial what I'll, what I'll call sort of you know getting on the international scene with um, you know um, Malaysia, Europe, um, you know it um, it had it had started to 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 happen already. Australia obviously is a huge mm-hmm. um, you know visitor number there, um, and then we yeah, so so that need became clear to them, and, and so they were looking for someone to come in and, and, and help, um, you know, build that component of the ski resort uh, to suit that, that market. So that was kind of the, the function that, that we held to begin with. And then it just grew and grew and, and
0: we settled in and ended up, up there for four years. It was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty amazing experience actually. Okay, cool. It's It's always interesting to hear about things like that. You know, it's a bit of a tangent to what we were talking about, but my, I, I see my role on the podcast as someone who has to kind of, if I was listening to this in the car, I'd be like, I wanted that question asked. So like, you know, I would, yeah. that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to do with that. But the, um, okay, cool. And, and Perry, what about you? How, how do we, t- tell me more, how do I get to know you? I'd um, like Jeff. I did not grow up in the mountains. Uh, in, uh, we were talking earlier
2: about uh, Canada. It's, you know, it's, it's a large uh, country with not a lot of people. I grew up in Saskatchewan, very flat. Um, And how I got into skiing is at the time out of high school, the the thought at the time was to be a high school phys ed teacher and that without making the story too long, that's kind of what led me to my first introduction to ski instruction. You know, I I, um, through the school, I took a course and. And one of the things that really inspired me is the guys that that taught the course at the time, and I thought it was you know um, my way to see the world because you know I kind of not unlike this, I heard their story and I went, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so from from there, I went to Banff. You know, my you know um, uh, a different era than, than Jeff, but uh, you know, started working in Banff as as, as a ski instructor. I went through my certification levels at that point in time. Um, probably my first kind of cool, biggest inner. Um, eye-opener to the, to the international stage was I worked for a number of years in Taroa, New Zealand, North Island, and in that in that ski school, um, well, one, even even that was kind of my first introduction to work with other instructors from Canada, because again, if you're working at West at the time, you know, very little interaction with uh, people from Eastern Canada, but anyway, so I got to work with fellow instructors from Eastern Canada, a um, the, the fairly good uh, contingent from the U.S., mostly Mammoth um based and europeans there you know some uh, there's a couple of german uh, instructors a couple of swiss uh french and when i say french like french from from france like yeah, yeah it was, it was cool it was, it was an eye-opener and it was really cool as a fairly young instructor to to, to witness have conversations about how everyone approached it and, and that was cool yeah. um, and then my career kind of took you know I, I, most of my mountain time was in two different areas um one in damp and then I was really lucky to be um, in Whistler in some fairly early days. Like uh, for those of, that are listening, you know, at one time the two mountains that make up Whistler today, uh, Whistler and Blackcomb, were were at once competitors, and mm-hmm. I, I worked with uh, Blackcomb prior to the merger, and that was a real cool time because our growth curve was was straight up, and those are real exciting times. I was lucky enough to be the ski school director there at Blackcomb, and then then Whistler Blackcomb after the merger. Um, and a few things took me back um, to Banff in the mid-early um, 2000s, you know, and, and went to a role there that worked for all three ski resorts in a business development role. That's where I met Jeff for the first time, you know, and we, were, we had the opportunity to work together there. I did take, uh, I was out of the ski industry for 12 years. I spent some time in a little place in, in, most Canadians have heard about it, Tofino. So it's fairly remote, but known for, which is a real weird thing in Canada, it's known for surfing. Oh yeah, um, but spent, uh, spent some time there. Okay, and then uh, maybe to, to round out the stinks side of it, went through a bit of a health issue. I mean, earlier you were mentioning about your charity work with mm-hmm. with um, kids that have lost uh, um, a parent to cancer. I, I had a, a, a definitely a, a, a health issue with cancer, which I you know got through and and whatever. But when I went to, when I got through that process and went through the healing process, I. Had, had a lot of soul searching. you know what? My, my first love is to be on a ski hill yeah. in that community, in that environment, and that's what what brought me back. Um, more recently, I was the managing director of the CSA, uh-huh. and now, you know, with, with Jeff and a few other founders, we've we've uh, started this organization, the PSIC or the Professional Ski Instructors of Canada. So that's kind of the the synopsis of
0: how I got here. That's really cool. Can I, if if I'm, if, uh, I. We did a bit of a throwback uh, with Jeff, but I'm going to take you back just there to your, I think it's a really interesting question. So that time that you spent in New Zealand where there were instructors from all over the world, if I've got that right, yep. what was it like back then? Did you, were the styles that everyone skied in and taught in very different?
2: You know what was, the opinions were different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I don't know if the actual style, like when
2: it, when you really, if you really analyzed it, I don't know if we were that different, but the way, the way the different, you know, countries and individuals thought about it, hmm. everybody was, was kind of firmly defending their, their like their method it, as such. Yeah, their method, if you will, which I don't, I don't know at the end of the day if it was actually that different, but the opinions and how it was expressed was for sure different. So it, it, it meant, you know, it meant for some colorful discussions, for sure, which, you know, I, I thought was, you know, pretty healthy and pretty um, just it was exciting to be a, to be a part of. Right. Like, it, yeah, it yeah. was exciting to um, to wrestle with your own beliefs. Is, is your belief actually true or not true? or mm-hmm. you, know, you know, et cetera. So, that, again, a, a very cool um, growth opportunity to, to be exposed to
0: the way everybody looks at it. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's probably two things that come out of that in terms of um, what I'm thinking. But the the certainly, I think you, if, if the minute that you close your mind to new ideas in skiing, or more to the point, the ability to to watch other people and think, oh wow, that's a bit of you know a better way of doing things than I am currently doing it. I've had three or four experiences like that with my instructors over the last a few seasons where I, I've just looked at some of the stuff that they've been doing. I'm just like, well, that's just genius. It's absolute genius what they're doing. And I'm totally going to steal that. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the way I think if you keep your mind open and you don't say, okay, well, this is the way that skiing is taught and that's it. You know, like, you've got to be open to new ideas and new ways of doing things, whether they, and try them out yourself on the hill, right? See yeah. if they work or they don't work. Um, the other thing that I was, that, that came up when you were talking about that in terms of kind of thinking about method, and this goes back a little bit, because I know that you were involved, um, you guys were involved a little bit in this year or 2023 Interski ski, um, with Canada was one of the thoughts, and I've said this on a few other podcasts, one of the thoughts that really struck me about this year is ski was just how generic the skiing was from a visual perspective across the various nations it almost looked to me like everyone's coming to like this is you know what there wasn't and there's a quite a famous I don't know who you find it on YouTube somewhere there's quite a famous Canadian uh, video that was uh, on YouTube somewhere that was released I don't think it was this interski or the one before it might even be the one before that or the one before that it's a Canadian video, and it was a. Uh, it was the original, was like the forerunner of. Here's a bunch of skiers from different nations, and here's how they ski. Can't remember the details of it. Off listener, I will put it in the the, the 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 podcast notes. But in that video, there were distinct national skiing styles in terms of how the skiers looked on the hill, and that seems to have slightly disappeared and that skiers from various nations have all become a little bit homogenous now in terms of what they look like when they ski. Is that something that you saw the last time or, or in 2023? Or is it just me that's seeing that?
2: No, I, I, th- I think it's accurate. And I, I would, because um, I think, or again, this is my perspective on it, is over time, there's a couple of things. One of which is interski has done its job. Like, you know, at, at, over history, as it's moved forward, you know, because it is this great um, platform for for countries to share their approaches, their ideas, and so on. And, and and when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, you know we're dealing with the same forces on the same year and so on. So it to me it kind of makes sense that that's the way it's evolving. And, and so that's one part of it. The other part of it too is the internet, like our, all of all of our access to YouTube yeah. and whatever. Mm. You know, as we're we're not. The, the different skiing nations around the world were not in silos anymore. And, and you know, the cool thing about the, the last ski in, in Finland, a, a great event, it it wasn't an event that, you know, I think had extra energy because, of, you know, coming out of COVID, getting mm-hmm. the world back together again. So the spirit of collaboration and openness, I didn't, you know, because my first, you know, I, I was a, definitely a participant but not on a team member at the time, but my first Interski, and I'm really going to date myself, my first Interski was 1987 in Banff where, you know, at that moment in time, my, my young perspective at that time would be the countries were there to show their stuff, if you will. Mm. And you fast forward to the last ski, and it was, the the spirit was completely collaboration. Oh, what can I learn here? What what are you guys doing? What, you know, what, what what's this country doing? Oh, we, you know, like just the takeaways, it, it, it it's in a, we're in a different place today. And everybody's going, like everybody kind of went there with, oh, did you see what the, um, the Swiss are doing, that's cool. Or do you mm. see, you know, what the Koreans are doing? Right? Like that was as opposed to, hey, this is our stuff. Yeah.
0: And our stuff is right. Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, that's kind of my perspective.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, certainly, I mean, I suppose if you take it back even, what, 20, 30 years or the time, you know, whenever it was that you were, you were in New Zealand, for, for example, that time, you probably, you could spot an Austrian skier. An Austrian formed skier coming down the hill, right? You could, you could spot a Swiss guy coming down the hill. You spot a French guy. Like that was even evident in that video from must be four into into skis ago, ago. On that video, it's very distinct. So uh, you can sort of tell a French skier, you know, when you see yeah. him. Um, same with the Swiss, and it was especially pronounced back then. I think that the Swiss are slightly more homogenous now with, with with the rest of the world. But it was it's it's definitely something that seems to have slightly gone away like you can't very obviously pick someone's style and say that is a person that was formed in that style because that like you say I think it's to do with the the information age right you can see anything you want to see online and copy it right or make it your own one of the things too
1: um, Dave The so so I've I've had the opportunity to be on uh, like I was the coach of the of the csia team in finland and then and then i was at on the team for the two previous skis. one thing that was different in this time um was the uh, the pitch of the demonstration slope mm-hmm. and so it changed the tactics a little bit of 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 the teams kind of all at once where it was more about speed maintenance and and uh you know um keeping that going um which then also changes what you've got to do with the ski on the snow which is pretty similar if you want to you know keep it you know stay at expert speeds and, yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. Right. So it's it's just interesting to look at all those factors and and what uh, what sort of dominates when when the goal is X. Yeah. And everyone's on the same pitch, the the, the parameters for doing that all differently start to like you say they start to constrict
0: as well. When uh, when you talk about the pitch, are you saying that it was slightly shallower than it was uh, four years previously in Bulgaria? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, um, it was, it was definitely shallower than, than Bulgaria and, uh, uh, Ushuaia, uh before that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Cause that does not really show up in, I didn't see that mentioned anywhere, but that does not, right. it's tough, right. To, for that to show up when you're sort of looking at, a, a front on video of the demo slope, you don't really have a perception yeah. of how steep it is. Um, yeah. because that obviously, like you yeah. say, it's I think it's
1: just different enough. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah trying to carry speed down something you don't get the same forces acting upon the individual do you so you don't see you, know, you have you know, i suppose the way that you can do it you have to add speed right
2: yeah, yeah. and dave if yeah. i could add to, to just comment too is mm. in um, in finland at levy um, not only was it a very consistent pitch but the snow was it could not have been better yeah so oh, yeah. it was actually so i i think you know everyone's skiing would led would have led to that because just the the quality and the consistency. It was it was unbelievable. It couldn't have been better.
0: Yeah. It could
2: not have been better.
0: Oh that's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. nice, right? Better than the slush or sheet ice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Alright. Um well, so we've got to know you you guys. Um and I'm very grateful that you joined me and, and I appreciate it. Um let's move on to Professional Ski Instructors of Canada. What is it and why? What? Why is it come into existence? What are you? What are you kind of hoping to achieve with it?
2: If you don't mind, I, Jeff, I'll take a, kind of a, a first cut at this, and then you know, Jeff, by all means, can can backfill. You know, so I, why is is one? Um, you know, we. Uh, as an organization, we believe in in competition. Like we're we're bringing a a product uh, to the market in Canada and there are, there are other players, you know, and um, I know some countries across the world are different, but there, there are a few different players in this market. Um, One thing that we're, you know, and again, there's no, there's no getting away from, you know, we both Jeff and I and others have had experience in some of the other organizations in Canada. Um, One thing that we're really, really excited about is just, is how we're set up and how how nimble we can be. You know, in this new organization, we've got one main feedback loop, which is what we call the the ISC, which stands for Industry Steering Committee. So all of our partner resorts have a person on that committee, and t- typically it's their choice, but typically it's a ski school director. So they've got a, a direct conduit to us, and we've got a direct conduit to them. So when when it comes to developing curriculum, programming, and whatever, you know, we're we're in tight with them, and we're where 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 we're going with that is we're excited at how quickly we can move things to to market and and so, you know in some cases it's um, people are concerned with why you know you don't change you move slow and whatever but we we we've got a, a bit of a different approach like we think you know we like things that matter in today's um, world if you will are things like inclusion and diversity and so on and 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 the market is changing quickly and and we we're bringing, we're coming to to the market with with products that uh, meet those needs, if you will, like to make sure that as, you know, here in Canada, and I'm pretty sure it's no different around the world, but that, you know, the demographics, people's backgrounds are changing dramatically. Mm -hmm. And and we want to be inclusive. We need to be inclusive. We need to look different um, and we, we need to move quickly to that. And then maybe I'll just add one last thing as well is um, to serve the instructor community, you know, and, and the viability of, it as a profession, which, you know, in Canada means for sure at one end of the scale, there are full-time pros, it is what they do, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the other end of the scale is, um, in certain areas of Canada, being a ski instructor might be the weekend, you know, hobby, and I'll be careful even how I use that word, but it might be the weekend endeavor, but, you know, does it make sense there? Can, can you pay for your expenses? Can You know, is it yeah. worthwhile and so on? Yeah. And we believe our approach of working very closely with the industry makes will make that professional the profession of ski instruction more viable and we're excited about that that whole, whole process um and you know that's kind of the the nuts and bolts of, of where we're at is is to move quickly um, embrace technology you know in some of our curriculum you know and, and tools that we're going to give to the instructor community it's going to include things like animation and you know all all sorts of resources that uh we're embracing the speed of change um and and that's one of our main um, approaches going forward maybe i'll, I'll turn it over to, to jeff for a bit too
1: yeah um i mean I, yeah uh, that kind of sums it up really in terms of the the why i mean one of the things that that um has driven us to where we are quite quickly is you know the, the i'll just generalize and say the ski industry um in canada coming to us looking for kind of the 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 aspects that, that perry's um, referring to. So it's, it's been an interesting, um, you know, I mean, the timeline's pretty short still. Um, but even in that short timeline, the, the conversations have been really valuable and, and kind of robust in terms of, of what, um, has come to us in terms of how we can help. So it's not just us saying, Hey, this is what we want to do. Um, a lot of what we are doing and, and are about to do has come, um, you know, through that feedback loop that, that Perry mentioned, um, directly to us, so that's that's really driving us. A lot of what we're doing at the moment, um, you know, industry steering committee engagement. That um, um, that's going to happen uh, very quickly with a bunch of the things that we have um, devised already. And then I think after that, it'll be kind of exciting to see um, if we've if we've answered that question, if I can put it that way. You know, mm-hmm. if we if we've responded to the demands, okay.
0: which I think we will. So let me just for the because. Uh, I'm just going to kind of try and fill out what I know and you shoot me down and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, So in Canada, it's not the same model as in Europe. So, you know, for example, where I am, there's 10 competing ski schools, for example. Where you are, as I understand it, the ski area owns the mountain for, for from a simplification point of view. They own the mountain, they own the lodge, the restaurant, the ski school, the ticket office, the whole the whole lot. It's one one entity that is, I don't know, like Banff, Banff Mountain Inc does the whole thing. Am I right so far?
2: But and Dave, I can probably let me expand on that a little bit. So yep. one in, in Canada in, and again we in some regards it's very different than other countries in the world, mm-hmm. probably especially Europe as well, because uh, and I'll start with this, like one, ski instruction in Canada, it's not, it's not, it's outside in Canada, okay? it's outside of the competitive stream, like it's not, you know, we're not part of the, the coaches' federation, so if you were, and I'm going to use a few different examples, mm-hmm. if you were um, Bantam Hockey in Canada, you, you know, you would eventually be, so Hockey would be here, then there would be the provincial, like these, you know, I'm in British Columbia, so BC yeah. Hockey, which then would report to Hockey Canada, which would then report to Sport Canada, so there is kind of a governing hierarchy mm-hmm. with sports. Okay. Instruction does not fit in that category, so where there is no there is no government, like the the government of Canada has not put any organization given that right. So number one, yeah, and then to your your second point, so if there is kind of a um, the way it works in Canada and the U.S. is is somewhat similar, um, mm-hmm. probably more like in in, in Jeff and I's interaction with our US colleagues there's a lot of collaboration there because we are very similar in that regard so mm-hmm. if you take a resort in Canada um, the way the laws work they, they have they have the rights for any commercial activity so um, if, so in which case most ski schools are owned by the resorts yeah in the, and there's not very many of them if the resort has a concession ski school, um, that is 100% done at the ski resort's discretion. So there would be an agreement in place like because the, the, the ski resort holds that card, if you will.
0: Can I just, uh, can I just clarify? So by concession ski school, so then you would mean, say, so there will be an you know, uh, X resort ski school, but if there was another ski school... That yeah, would like be an if, authorized ski school again, by X resort, it's, right? It's
2: almost non-existent, but yeah. if it existed, it would still be at the at the the
0: OK, the authority of the ski area. So the ski area essentially puts a, a big fence around its land and says anything that activity that happens in here is kind of ours to manage, right? Right,
2: right. like you know, if if I compare it to some of what I know in Europe, like in. In Europe, if if so and so wanted a, to run a ski school, it might be require you know maybe an approval process from the municipality. Yeah, you know, like it's it's a different model here. Uh, you know, I'll use where you know one of the resorts that's close to me. If a ski school, well, one Worcester Blackham, owns the ski school, and if they they wanted to allow a concession, and that's a big if, then that's that uh, that uh, approval process is through them. I understand? Okay. So, in, and I'll say this is one of the one of the so that. If you go back to us, you know the PSIC and our structure and so on. That's why this connection to industry is so important because they, you know they they are the business people. They are the people with the skin in the game, and 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 those are the people that we um, we need to help. They're you know in the ski industry. I guess, if you compare it to to Europe, you know it's a it's a younger business here. Yeah, um, you know capital intensive and, and so on, and, and we just we just view that link as. Um, very important to to the not only our success but obviously the the ski industry success
0: and the viability of the the ski instructor community in canada okay so that then begs the question because at some point presumably industry and by industry i mean the ski resorts in in canada presumably elsewhere right maybe in north america as well have come to you guys and said we're not Necessarily getting what we need. Can you help us in that respect? Well, can, would that be accurate? I can, yeah, that, well, it is accurate,
2: and I, and I can comment on this. And then again, I'll i just speak more. But you know, one of the things that we're because I'll jump right into kind of you know our curriculum, hmm. right? And and I even think of a uh, couple of questions you sent in advance, there So in if I would argue most you know, instructional bodies around the world, they've got two main components. One of which is you have to understand scheme, right? So mm-hmm. everything around the physics of skiing, that's kind of necessary to teach, you know, to, to be able to do our jobs. And yeah. um, the second thing is for a lot, you know, everybody's got a little different label, but it'd be the science of teaching. Like, so how do you, how do you actually teach, how do you help people, how do you make happen? right? Yeah. And, and our approach has those two buckets, like others, um, you know, and, and again, we think we've got a little different approach, but we've got those two buckets for sure. We also have a third um, element, if you will, of what we call our method, and our, and our third element is what we call the adventure, and, and this has come out of very you know direct conversations with the industry. And what what the adventure at a very high level encompasses is it, it encompasses um, going into an understanding of what the purpose of the job of ski instructor is. So, that you know what the, what the purpose is, and that is that that involves a lot of the other, and I'll use this label, softer skills, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's so, you know, one, yeah, you got to teach people, you got to help them, you got to keep them safe, and so on. But the adventure goes into more, you know, the softer skills that matter, which is, you know, the entire mountain experience. And some, you know, at some of the destinations, where it's, that might mean making sure that the lunch reservation is made, you know, and some of the, the softer skills and understanding the purpose because, and celebrating. Some of those elements of the purpose, so that 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 part isn't isn't lost. Because sometimes you know, it, and I, um, you know, an experience, and I'm sure this isn't uh, foreign to other people, is when you watch a young instructor. Often they, they lose the con, like they get it right, but they've lost the context, right? Like where it's not, it's not when I go out and teach a particular public, is the goal to ski a 10 meter radius turn? Like, is that what's matter? You know, and, and, and that's an example of, well, that's, that's, it may be valid, but it also may have lost sight of what the purpose is. And so, you know, our, our third bucket does a deep dive into, into both educating and evaluating the, the instructor's ability to deliver on the purpose. I'll let Jeff kind of backfill on that, but that's kind of a... Yeah, for sure. um, And and that that has really resonated with the industry as as both, A, we've listened, and then, B, you know, as we've provided this feedback um, and and rolled it out in our approach.
0: Yeah, I think before, um, I'll let you go at that as well, Jeff, but before, I think from my perspective, it's something that some of my instructors do, amazingly well and in the past i agree with you i've seen other instructors who only know skiing and then they only deliver skiing but if you've been around a while you kind of get to understand that not all ski lessons are about ski lessons you know some and i've talked about this on the podcast before so i won't bore the listener with it again but the a lot of it is about being a good host. It's about welcoming the the client to your area, to your region, showing them around, giving them the simple things that that help them to get better at skiing, if that's what they want. And you know, making them feel welcome. And yeah, like you say, picking up on those little soft skills here's a good place to have lunch here's a good you know it and that i think is especially important in in a in an age when i guess ski are competing with each other for, for 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 business they want that client to come back and they want to have been you know they want the client to have been made welcome and that one more yeah. point in that in that same
2: um, uh, context David. is you know like Going on a ski vacation or, 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 you know, again, depending on the dynamics or going up to mm-hmm. a ski hill for the day or whatever, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, we're passionate like everybody is and, and, and it's a worthwhile endeavor, but it's, the stakes are high. I right? like it, you know, skiing, it, it, it's not, it's not the the cheapest endeavor and, and, and therefore, you know, people want to make sure that they get it right and, and time with a good, uh, you know, with a good or a great ski pro. It, it ensures that whole thing, right? Like, it, you know, it ensures again the basics, like learning to ski, getting better, and all the rest right of it. But all the soft skills as well, making sure that 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 um, that the person's you know experience um, embraces it all, like that they that they feel welcomed in in the mountain culture, and and again, the whole experience is. Um, is a great time, right? Cause it's, you know, we all know this, right. And maybe it's something that we lose sight of as instructors, but the mechanics of, of going on a day on a ski hill, they're complex, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you need to get rental gear, you name it. And, and anytime that we can, you know, help and, and, and have more time spent on the essence of the great things of the experience, everybody wins. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree. And well, I think too, like the, the, <clears throat> I'll say the, the, like the, the responsibility and the immense <laughs> nature of, of what's out there. Like the, the moment you're a ski instructor, the moment it doesn't matter how experienced you are, whether you, you know, just, this is your first day in the suit today, or you've been doing it for a long time. The fact is that the value of the person in front of you doesn't change. Right. So there's no, even though, you know, ski instructing organizations across the world, we, we all have certification levels. We all have, you know, ways that we acknowledge that, but, for the guest that stands in front of any of those people at any place along that continuum, um, that ultimately, that's not what it boils down to. What it boils down to is this conversation here about, you know, the guest experience and the, um, the retention of guests and providing that that safe, fun, learning environment for for them to to kind of prosper in. It's a it's it's a big deal and and. That is, you know, that that's where we that that's where a lot of our conversations have been thus far. With um, with you know, certainly with the industry partners that have also you know jumped on board in the early stages and, and want to be involved and um, want to have input on on where we go. Um, that is what what bubbles to the top in every single conversation. Is you know, um, let's build build a foundation and 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 go from there because where where the ski instructor spends their time is in the snow school. It's not necessarily with the certification body that, you know, the, the, the days that you encounter that process are, are quite limited. If you look at the overall time you spend as a, as a ski pro in a, in a pro room. Mm. Um, so really trying to, to find out how to make the, the most of those times and, and really build where we can help bring the expertise to the, to the table is huge. So we're, you know, we're focusing on, professional development first both in the short term and the long term and and certification second which are kind of the milestone markers of of uh you know skill improvement and development and accomplishment and and all those kinds of things so yeah it's uh yeah I, we could probably talk about um you know what what is a good ski pro for a, a long time and how do you build that you know how do you build that but but part of it is we've we've got to connect them to the industry and so that's such a a big part of of what we're trying to do
0: and with you there, the, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately, certainly in the last two years is just how important, and I think you have a better opportunity there with the, 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 that kind of fencing of the the ski area as such, where everything is under a sort of a uniform, um, banner, if you like, you have a much better opportunity to control that than than we do here. It's one of the things that annoys me a little bit is because there's a lot of potential links in the chain here for the guest experience. So if you think of any given lesson, um, let's say I'm working out of Mojan on the 23rd of December, uh, this year, say I'll go, maybe I might read the clients at the restaurant at the bottom of the lift. I go in there. I know it's a pretty good restaurant and, and we can have a nice coffee in there. Right. So that's, that's a safe place for me to start my thing. I know what I'm going to get in there, but every now and then, if I get there too early, for example, I know that it's not open at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday, right? That's a weak link already. So, if I get my if I've forgotten that it's a Tuesday, for example, it won't be open because they have I don't know Tuesday morning off or Sunday morning off or something like that. Then, in the old days, this used to be a thing with Mojang, the bloke who used to run who was in charge of like helping clients onto the lift at the bottom was a mate of the guy who used to own the lift company. And he was one of the most miserable guys you ever met in your life. Right. And he, you you would sometimes look at the way that he treated clients. He regarded them as essentially an inconvenience, you know, to his day of sitting in the office, reading the paper. So, he'd be there and he'd be kind of pushing people on the lift and shouting at, shouting at them if they got it wrong. Right. <laughs> kind of it. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> I couldn't, I was so happy the day that got done, but he was replaced later on by like a stoner, you know, it's like Jesus Christ. Like this is the, this is the first contact clients have with your ski area is this guy. This is the guy you chose. It's nonsense. You get up to the top. The guys at the top are pretty cool. And then you kind of, you, you know, you come out the top of the lift and there's a bit of an icy chute because no one's kind of bothered to put any snow on it. And you're just like, oh, my God. And then you go down to the, the beginner slope. And the woman there is also the same mentality, you know. She's like, oh, you know, these guys are just an inconvenience to me. I'm sitting here in my office. I don't really want to help them, you know. She's like, why, is your, why are your children not able to get up on my lift? It's like, it's part of your job, actually, to help them to get onto this lift. But they don't get it. And there's all sorts of kind of links like that, you know. So when everything is kind of independently or privately owned, you haven't got a vetting system as to who's doing a decent job and who isn't, and it's not really addressed at all by the the the, the, um, the office of tourism or the region that's supposed to be looking after this area. You think you would think that there'll be like a big annual general meeting or something where all the ski schools. And all the lift operators and all the restaurant owners and stuff is like, you guys, if you want to operate in this region, you have to be here. And we're going to tell you about how we're looking after guests. Because if they have a crappy experience here, or the guy at the bottom of the lift shouts at them, they're not going to come back here next year. They're going to go to somewhere else. And it doesn't happen here. Um, And it kind of annoys me that not everybody is on the same um, boat. Uh, on you know on the on the on the same page because they they just don't realise it from a tourism perspective, and that's why I think what you're doing well, is we, quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and so, sorry to interrupt Dave but no, it's like, fine. I'm, I was ranting, you know, so uh, it's fine. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey. yeah, yeah, easy, day, easy. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, we're we're excited as well because we are part of kind of what you you described. You you wish you you had was you know we we um, just this past week Perry and I were both at um, you know some major events of the ski industry in Canada, which you know um, in the West uh, Canada West Ski Areas Association, um, and then uh, you know Ontario has an organization, Ozra, and then you know Quebec has an organization, Atlantic Canada has an organization, and our central provinces have an organization. And, and it is kind of, it is essentially what you, what you described, um, you know, like I say, what you, what you wish you had. And, and one of the great things there is that there isn't just connectivity between the different touch points within resorts. There's connectivity between, you know, this department of, of resort a and that department and the same department of resort B and, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, so, so those bridges are, are, are available. Um, I'll put it that way. And, and one of those bridges as well is, you know, snow school um, committees inside of those organizations. And, you know, we're in the room with those, um, with those people in those discussions. And it does create a situation where, um, you know, in, in you know, for, for the PSIC, we, 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 we are, um, you know, we do understand that, that when we work with resort a um, it has an effect on resort B, and 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 they they communicate and and so on and best practices um it's a bit of an overused term but best practices are our best practices and so we've got an opportunity to influence those but also to follow those and it's um you know so it's 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 a really it's a great group of people to be involved in because the reality is when you strip it all down kind of like our conversation about how different is technique mm. um well how different is is guest service it, it you know, the, the human that comes to the ski resort um, is, is interested in having a great experience, whatever that means to them. Yeah. And that's what everybody's aiming at. And so it's a, it's a really, um, it's an exciting place to be and an exciting, you know, exciting groups of people to be involved in and, and to be in those conversations. Because it, it changes things quite quickly. You know, the moment there's a, a thing that should be done, whether it's, it's regulatory or whether it's just proven that, you know, that it works um everybody wants that, you know, which is which is awesome. If I can maybe just
2: add, Dave, uh, um to, to Jeff's comment as well, it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously in, or maybe it's not obvious, but in, in the, the ski resort landscape in Canada, you know, they're 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 competitors, right? And some are owned by, you know, the bigger um you know families of resorts like Vail Resorts, Altera uh, and so on. And there's some independent and so on. You know, they're on one level they're competitive, but you know, Jeff was referring to some of these you know events or conferences the, the cool thing about it though is at the same time they're very collaborative right like they're um and i'll use a quote from an old colleague of mine a high tide floats all boats right yeah. so there's yeah there's definitely this you know this spirit to working together wherever because i think this is another thing in canada where you know we're again we're a large country but very few people like 37 million across the entire um, country and and you know everybody's upping their game this way right? and and again I think we all benefit from that for sure so the spirit's kind of cool to be a part of
0: are there only 37 million people in Canada yeah California is bigger than all of us are you serious I did not know that I'd assume there's much much larger I know the landmass is larger <laughs> I guess you've got all that bit at yeah, the top get, right where get, no one lives
1: you get two of us on a zoom call together and the economy slows down for a little bit <laughs> and you know <laughs> I have no Jeff idea Jeff and I
2: are both out west um, but we're if I was to drive to see him it's 11
0: hours yeah 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 that's yeah. crazy it's about time someone came up with like teleportation as a as a thing I don't know why working on that. <laughs> tell me tell me this because this is the obvious question that I have to ask is that if I'm a member of your organization um Work. To to whose interest, or have we gone beyond this? You you can tell me, because uh, it was it's, it's a frequent topic that's come up within the British organisation, which I was a member of for a while, not anymore, but um, I'm I'm with Swiss No Sports now, and the, the you know, the, the the frequent thing was is like who is this organization actually for is it a members organization or does it serve the shareholders of the company or any of this kind of stuff if you've got a committee or you're sort of one of your objectives is to listen to industry and put in place something that helps them how do you also balance that off against the people that are going to be members of your organization that seems to me an obvious question to ask, and I have to ask it because people
2: would want that. Yeah, yeah no, and I'd be yeah. happy to answer that, because a couple things. One, um, are, are we a member organization? Yes, but I'll, I'll, I will qualify that light. Um, like here locally, I'm a member of a gym, so I have rights uh, to use the gym and whatever. Can I go in on any given day and say, hey, I want that piece of equipment moved? Or No, I can't do that. I'm, I'm a member. I get to use the, the process. And and if I complain to the, to the ownership of that gym, would they respond probably, but within the context of it, it is their business, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we are not, like in our governance structure, we're not member-based and, and I'll say it, we're not. So one of the things that, that we feel quite strongly about that will define us, like when it comes, and I'll, I can give a few examples, when it comes to giving an assignment to a trainer to deliver programming, that's going to be based on competency, you know, like that, and that's it. And we'll be defined. And, and, you know, we've had this question as well, like, you know, what legitimizes us? Well, what legitimizes us is what if, if people, the Steam structure community buys our programs, then that's legit, mm-hmm. the legitimacy of it. That's, that's it. Um, and, and we do, you know, we, we put quite a bit of thought into how we're set up, which is, you know, we, we want to be nimble. We want to move, we want to deliver value and, and, that's going to determine our fate and obviously we're quite quite confident that we're going to deliver value as well and i'll use an example um like as an example the 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 government of canada doesn't mandate what phone i use i buy that phone because i like that product and and that's going to be the same like we we um you know we believe our product will help the industry and therefore help the scheme instructor community because you can't you can't separate those two mm-hmm. um, and in Canada although you know Jeff mentioned the area operators associations are broken up by by region but I can give this stat in in Canada you know this ski school business is 150 million dollars it's not insignificant mm-hmm. um you know and, and and you know there's stake in the game in a, in a very capital intensive business and if we can help you know uh, the area operators deliver on that, on that business, then that that will have a direct impact on the livelihood of ski records without without a question. So, um, that that is how we're we're set up. We're not, um, you know, and we're also because people will ask this too, and you know, we're very confident and excited about the value that we bring to the market in terms of its pricing as well. Because our the way we're set up as an organization, which is a corporation, is we're 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 lean and we're nimble. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna we are defined by putting cool products out in the marketplace. That is it. We have no, you know, I'm I'm not. I don't have an office. Jeff doesn't have an office. We're both talking to you from our living rooms. You know, in, in this day and age, we're um, we're gonna remain nimble and lean and focus on the end product. Okay. So that, that hopefully that answers it.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's, I I can see the the rising tide floats all boats argument, right? Like it, it's you provide something for the areas to make their overall guest experience better. More people go skiing, more work arrives for ski instructors.
2: Exactly. Right. And, simple, and if I, right? Maybe I can just even add, Dave, is, you know, as we have these conversations, it starts to open up more conversations about more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I and I don't think this is an original, but one one of our colleagues in this, the guy by the name of Mark Sedgwick, you know, his background, you know, originally from Australia, moved to Canada, was in a, a very senior uh, executive position at Worcester Blackholm and now working with us, you know, he he's brought up this term zero ceiling. So, you know, we my, my point is is we believe as an organization, whether it be us internally, the people that we train and so on. That that, lend, that 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 learning curve never stops. Like we're, we're never gonna get to a point and go, okay, we're done. Yeah. And that and that's also, you know, then dovetailed into the conversations with this industry. Like, you know, there's so many potentials of where we can keep going next. And and we're really excited about that there that that opportunity for us to provide value. There's it, it actually it's not finite. It doesn't end. You know, we yeah. it's already dovetailed into into what could we do to help and and i mean this is another philosophical question but i think we you know we as an organization can also help the ski industry globally in in within canada which is like there's another organization called the canadian ski council which its mission is to create new skiers return visits and so on where you know given our structure we can help on that front as well and it is in our interest to do it you know where some Some organizations might go out, no, that's, you know, our job is to train an instructor, that's it, right? Well, again, that's pretty, uh, I would say that, that's a bit on the short-sighted end of the continuum because if we don't um, create new skiers, like here's an example, the marketplace in Canada, it looks different than it did 10, 20, 30 years ago. Do we, as an instructor community, do we mirror that? Do we look like that? Or, Or, you know, I'll say it, do we skew older, white, male, like, do we look what the new um, um, community looks like? And no, we gotta catch up. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta fix that. We gotta be inclusive. We gotta make sure that we have the educational tools so that people from many diverse backgrounds can take this up as a profession. And and that that's a big picture goal, but we gotta deliver. Um, and and on the other side of that, the opportunity is unbelievable because you know what? Here's the cool thing: when I started the scheme, the propensity, <clears throat> the average Canadian was not predisposed to taking a lesson. I'm going to use the label "new Canadian." A new Canadian probably won't go skiing unless they have access to a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's a completely different uh, dynamics than it was a few years ago, and we're excited about meeting that challenge and, and contributing to that opportunity.
0: I just, well, I, so I I share a similar view in that. Every now and then you come across and and it's changing as the the age of ski school directors here gets younger and younger people come into the tourism jobs that exist around here. Uh, Certainly in terms of the strategic tourism jobs. Is that there is a potentially limitless number of people that you can attract to go skiing. The old school mindset is like the pie is this big. And if you come in as a new ski school, you steal a part of my pie and therefore I hate you. The, it, it doesn't need to be like that. I've said, I've said this, I've said this before, and I say it to anyone who listen, is we can, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface really of all the people that we could bring to go skiing. Um, and it's, it's just one of the reasons why I was quite excited, or well, I am already excited for the ski day that I'm setting up for the charity, right? Like is if we're going to touch a whole bunch of mm-hmm. people there never even considered going skiing. And mm-hmm. we can do that, especially with modern, modern tech I sound like a million years old when I say stuff like that. But with, with how specific you can be with modern marketing tools, like Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you can almost like target down to the individual person. And there's no limit on the people that you can try to attract to skiing, maybe apart from the barrier of the cost to entry and the cost of like the faff of getting actually that person to be standing in front of your instructor. That's another thing that I would like to make it much, much easier. But um, it's potentially limitless. and I don't see any reason why you know, it, it, and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter who you look like, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter what you think about anything. Come on, you know, we should be trying to just get as many people to come skiing as, as we possibly can. It's a really cool thing to do.
2: Yeah. yeah Dave, I, I got one quick story that I've told uh, a couple of times, but I had the opportunity, so OSRA, which stands for Ontario Ski Resorts Association, they did an event last year in front of City Hall in downtown Toronto. So r- right downtown, in the city, they got real creative. They put snow on top of the foyer that, that's out in front of City Hall, and and then in, invited people at no charge to take advantage of it. So obviously, the profile of some of the people that took you know took advantage of that, yeah. um, they were were probably people that were challenged from a resource point of view. That yeah. and 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 I remember seeing this one thing, and then the president of Osro got interviewed. So you know, I saw this. Um, young gentleman, probably would be 14 years old, do his first couple of turns on a slope and, and, and the smile on the, you know, like he was just, yeah, like it, it was life changing. And, he, and, and the, the president of Osir, I, in, in my opinion, got a fairly unfair comment from the media, which basically said, well, you know, why are you exposing this kid to this experience when he may never be able to afford to do it? Uh, my point of my story is I think, I, I think the exact opposite. I think that kid's life just changed. Mm. You know, like I saw I saw the, the look on his face. I thought, you know, the, the thrill, um, the compassion of the instructors that he was working with is, you know what, I think that kid will figure something out. He'll figure out and maybe it's to go yeah. skiing, maybe it's to work at a ski resort, whatever, that you know, that it, it was a life-changing moment. And I'm sure the kid's direction changed based on that experience. And and that's I tell that story because that is such a cool opportunity that we all have. Right? Like, um, and, and people, but they well figure it out because the whole the experience of skiing, the mountain culture, um, it's life changing. We, we have an opportunity that I, I can't think many industries actually have a parallel to. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so
0: cool. It's true. And you, you also, you never know when you're going to touch someone. It's a bit unfair, yeah. right? For the media to have a go at that guy and say, because they don't know what if. They don't know yeah. what's going to happen in the future of that kid's life, right? But we all have, I mean, you've been, you've been, you know in touch with enough people enough kids or whatever across your your various careers right and you never know when you're going to drop that one magic phrase or piece of advice or even life advice to people yeah that's going to stay with them forever um it's happened to me i i I know when it was you know If, if you want the story but it's nothing to do with skiing but, you know, I remember where I was and my uncle told me that it's essentially it's okay to think your own mind and, and have, you know, your own opinions on stuff. That, for me, was like a light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm not alone on this. Like someone else knows that I'm thinking my own way. And it was an absolute revelation. Um, and, you, and you never know, right? You never know how you're going to touch someone's life. And so that's the reason the
1: why team you've team got
0: to do to that, those things. That Yeah, yeah. Like and and you know I'm
1: I'm thinking now Dave to your your sort of previous question about, you know, the the membership, like are we membership driven or are we industry driven or, or or how does that work? And I think like even what we're talking about here now about the skiing public and those, you know, those moments you're describing and and we yeah, we absolutely all have those moments. Um, there's that reality within our industry too where where I mean, in Canada, we've got you know ski areas that are are this small, and we've got ski areas that are are the you know the giants of, of the industry. But the reality is is that they coexist as well, and so those 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 little moments where you know we, um, they're commonly referred to as feeder um, ski resorts. You know, the, the Prairie River ski resort or the City Hill or. or um, you know, they eventually those skiers. If we do this right, they're going to end up at, at the bigger area, and they're going to strive for that because they want the excitement of the different mountain experience and the you know, the adventure of that. Is is uh, yeah? I think everybody gets that when they when they start to, to slide. Um, and we you know, so we, we we're seeing more and more opportunity to um, again think outside the box a bit and, and let ourselves expand on all of those opportunities in within the ski industry as well so not just what can we create out of that new skier but what can how can we connect uh the 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 young new ski school director from the tiny little ski area in northern alberta Mm. to um you know to uh, russ wood who's you know the general manager of of snow school's for the largest resort in in canada and um you know those there's all sorts of those um i think meaningful connections available when when we when we do stuff like this um uh, that's uh, that's already starting to happen within our industry steering committee you've got a a, a a brand new snow school director with a ton of great ideas um and and excitement and everything connected to the resources and the and the longtime experience of the wendy Reeds of the world down and Fernie and you know gorge fielding here at Banff, rustwood and, mm-hmm. and so on so it's um uh, that stuff gets me excited and i think that's the that's where we really are looking, like Perry said earlier, like, you know, we're looking outside the box and we're trying to be nimble and not sort of stay um, in our, our um, uh, whatever you might consider to be our lane. Mm-hmm. If you want to put it mm-hmm. that way, we're, yeah. um, we're just ready to help. So then back to the membership real quick. Like, I think, I think people want to be a part of that. So regardless of, of whether we consider ourselves to be member focused first or industry focused first or, or what have you, I think if there's value and meaning to what's actually going on, people want to be involved in that, and they uh, that creates a community in and of itself.
0: Okay, that's it. It's, it's really interesting. I'd love personally. I'd love to be part of that. That I might even sign up just to be part of that that thing because it is a. You can do that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to as soon as we finish this call. Um, because it's a it's a very lonely existence here. I wish I've been thinking about this for a long time I haven't got the time or or indeed I don't see the appetite from other ski school directors in Switzerland but I'd love to start like an independent ski schools like association or something just to meet up like in a room once a year and just chuck ideas around I'd love to do that because sometimes it just feels like you just kind of you know you can go for coffee or something with someone and, 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 and chat stuff over but does, that happens rarely and it would be nice to have someone to exchange ideas with you know from from certainly from that perspective because um, sometimes it feels like I'm plowing like a field on my own you know like just me and a horse well I mean you've got a good uh, you've already started a good platform to, to kind of be the be an instigator of, of well yeah that's ideas, that's true right? yeah, yeah that's true i'll wait for the, the the emails to flood in after this one and see if anyone's interested be a, in idea <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll, tell me we'll um it's uh, <laughs> i appreciate you you kind of clearing that up and and it's it's and the openness to it i think that's really really cool are you right. are you are you are you at liberty to talk about the method i notice it's kind of not quite been released yet uh, from what I can see but what uh, uh, can we talk about that or, or are we not there yet
1: we can talk well, about I it think we are just yeah go ahead yeah. to some degree yeah yeah like um, and I, I mean we, we've sort of alluded to it a little bit through through some of this conversation but the um, uh, you know where where it kind of all comes together and 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 this is it's not that I'm not at liberty to talk about it, but one of the important parts of moving that forward is that engagement with, with, our, with the, the building ski industry, um, uh, steering committee. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a, a piece that, you know, as we talk through this, it's, it's a, it's a collection of ideas at the moment that, that we, we want their input on. But really, you know, our, our method combines, you know, the, the science of skiing, the science of teaching, um, and, and that all sort of culminates into what we are sort of now in our own community here referring to as the adventure. And that is really simply put, it's fun, safe learning. And, and there's a lot of depth to those, those, those three, you know, simple buckets. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's really what's driving us. And, uh, you know, Perry mentioned things like, um, you know, some of the, the, the tools that we're going to put out there and make available to people, um, it's really all going to be driven um, from a I'll I'll use a, a Mark Sedgwickism you know a first principles approach where where we want to be as science based as we possibly can, but make that applicable to to what's needed at the time. So is it always all about teaching people about physics? No, it's it's just simply about teaching them how to point the ski over there so that they can 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 get to where they want to go. But that all has a science. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why that works. Um, You know, relationships between center of mass and base of support, and what the ski does on the snow, and and things like that. So, you know, our method is really going to be based on um, the realities of the situation and what's needed at the time. Um, We're we're not yet at a place where we've sort of. um, I mean, everybody has their their kind of their, their their teaching approach and their and their skiing approach in a way. Um, and, and we, we haven't really, I'll say coined any of those phrases yet. I mean, some of them we, we have, but we want to make what we do memorable for people, particularly the new ski instructor that's just getting involved and they, they do need something that kind of, kind of galvanizes, mm-hmm. um, the priorities when you're out there teaching. But we're giving ourselves a bit of time on that. Um, and not trying to, uh, just come up with a, like a, a, a graphic or an icon that describes, um, everything. Um, we, we talk and I'll, I'll, get a little bit off topic here, but we, we are talking a lot about the the reality that, that we, we do have an opportunity to do a bunch of things for the very first time, um, with, uh, with this organization. And yeah. so we're, we're treating that with a lot of importance and not trying to, you know, plant our flag, if I can say that on one particular idea. Yeah. Um, we're trying to stay as open in our development of what we're doing as we're going to want our, our, our membership to be open in their, um, you know, their view of the world, um, mm-hmm. not to overstate it, but um, you know, not getting too, um, you know, singularly focused on this is how we do it Yeah. more an approach of these are the, if you, when you, when you get more experience and when you learn lots of stuff, you can see it from the perspective of um, what can I do and, and how can I make this work? Because again, it all comes back to that um, mountain experience for the for the learner. So kind of went all over the place there, but um, mm. that's really what's driving our method is is the best ways to to um, to get the 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 reality of what can be and what needs to be done out there as we go.
2: And maybe if I can just quickly add, Dave, to, mm. to, to Jeff's point to it. by no means is anything that we're doing secretive. Um, you know, we're one one of the places that we're at is. You know, as Jeff mentioned, you know, we we believe it's the right approach. So we are science based, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, there is there is also what we present to the community, right? Like, which is, you know, is it does it resonate and so on? Which is not, you know, because the worst, well, not the worst thing, but we're not we're not arming a scheme instructor to then go to the market and re- recite some textbook. That's not the point. So to make yeah. it, you know, digestible and resonate. Um, you know, we're kind of in that, in that phase. And then the other side of it, too, that is we'll, we'll never be done. Like, the, you know, our approach to the method, it's not like, okay, we've done it, we put a bow on it, and now mm. we go to market. Yeah, it, it, um, We, again, back to that zero ceiling concept, we apply that to ourselves as well. We think we can keep improving on, uh, you know, and again, we're not going to change physics, but we can keep improving on how... Um, on, how it, on, on, on our, our delivery, how it resonates, how it impacts the scheme structure, how it impacts their clients, their guests, their students. Um, you know, we, we view that as a never-ending thing. Um, and, you know, we're, as, as we build out our team, I'll say this, you know, we're, we're excited by the people that we have working with us because we've got people that are, that are expert storytellers, if you will. You know, one, one of our partners is in the film business, so, you know, he can, he can bring some stuff to life. And then we've got a PhD on staff, which you know makes sure that we're, we're, you know, we're not doing anything actually that isn't, isn't right, isn't isn't you know like scientifically based and so on. So we're just, um, you know, and we'll release it in stages, you know. So if, I'll make a bit of a marketing pitch. You know, our website is psic.pro. You know, we'll and you know, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, like because we'll keep releasing um, stuff as it becomes ready. We we've been on a fairly short time crunch but yeah i think people are going to be excited with how much we've actually accomplished when we you know by the time we get snow this winter um yeah so we're that's kind of that's kind of where we're at you know jeff kind of touched on on the nuts and bolts of what the method is but um yeah we're not we're not holding anything secret um maybe if i can just add this because you know you kind of touched on it as well Is you know our approach to this is you know our, our our vision is that we're going to bring value to the market we obviously we want people to try us, get involved. You know, hopefully they, they enjoy it, they get value of it. But we're not we're not in any way, um, you know, creating an exclusive club. So whether you're from another organization in Canada, another organization, you know, you mentioned hey, you want to be a member. Yeah. We want everyone to take part of it, and you know, and on the other side of it, we would we would you know recommend to anybody that, that we come in contact with to do the same. You know, we we don't think we're going to have all the answers in the world so if you come from any other organization in the world and have done some of your training there and and you get some value out of our training or our online resources great but it doesn't this is not an exclusive thing you know we believe that the more knowledge that's out there the better
0: mhm okay this um so just get my thoughts in order here like so the the so at the moment, as it stands, what we're saying is kind of, you're sort of working on it, but it's coming. I know you're under pressure before the, the, the start of this season. I understand that. I know exactly how that feels, looking at my to-do list here. But the the it sounds to me more like it's going to be, you, you actually have a really, really good opportunity, if, I, if, if, if I'm reading this right, to come up with something that is completely different. Every other system has this sort of hierarchical, like pyramid or greasy pole that you've got to climb to get to the top, to be one of the, you know, end bosses. And then everyone's got to get past you to get through to the thing. It, it, it You do actually have a really good opportunity to create something a little bit more holistic here. Well, you know what's
2: super cool about like, yeah, Completely. Live. And you know what's super cool about that? And, and I think, you know, this is, this is, we have to challenge, you know, when I say our own, like I'm talking about, you know, our management group, our own thinking, because the reality is when a lot of times in life, you go, well, I can't do that because of some pre-programmed in the background thinks or knowledge or whatever, yeah, but it's always where we are. And I say this with pride, even when we came to to, to develop our logo, we put on there, you know, consciously established in 2023, because we're literally starting from mm. here, Like there is, you know, like, and we, we, we have an opportunity to go, well, you know, we, like the global, we, did we do that in the past? Cause it made sense, you know, and maybe, and maybe it was, maybe it was the right thing and, and it, it fit in, but well, let's take a good hard look at it. Well, maybe we don't have to do that,
1: mm.
2: Mm. you know, like, and, and what does that look like? And so on, because, you know, here's the other thing is I think, I don't think we know where our next leaders come from they may come from 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 segments that we we haven't seen they may come from people that we haven't seen and let's make sure that we don't um you know signal out those people if i can tell one quick story i i had a light you know a light bulb moment a couple of years ago i was in the nsia you know the industry uh, um committee of retailers in the u.s they Mm -hmm. they did something really cool or i i got a and a, a particular member of a ski resort was talking about recruiting, and they were talking about recruiting hotel general managers. And the point is, is they said, "Well, their culture was well to get the best hotel general managers, we're going to go to Cornell University because they got the best host, hospitality program." Mm-hmm. But what that actually led to was the exact same person every time. Does that make sense? So if you make yeah. it wasn't premeditated, but by making this decision, you get this outcome mm-hmm. as opposed to well. And when you look at it from a diversity point of view, that immediately ruled out people from other backgrounds and whatever. And and I think that's an important lesson for us that we're embracing is, what does that look like? You know, when let's be open for all, all because we don't know where that person's going to come from. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that's important. I think it's important to to give the opportunity to for everybody to get inspired. They need to know that that the only thing that's going to hamper their um Development, their you know their progression through life is is actually their own ability, right? Like when I say their own ability, like their work ethic and so on. It's not that there isn't some predetermined fence that prevents them from going to here
1: to here and so on. And we are really excited about that.
0: I think Uh, if I can jump on
1: that for a second, one of the things, just real quick, Dave, when we all first um, you know, started to, to, to get together and, and, and I mean, we, we actually haven't been physically in the same room altogether yet, uh, as a, as a leadership group, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've, uh, obviously spent, um, lots of our time on, on zoom and phone calls and stuff, but, but as we started talking about, well, you know, what is our structure? Like, how do we look as an organization? Um, you might notice this, if you've been on our website, you'll, you'll see that even in our titles, we've tried to, um, uh, I guess it's it's consciously, but it maybe it feels a little bit subliminal as well. My title, for example, in the organization is empowerment development. You know, Perry is, is industry and innovation, and it's it's not a you know we're trying to create even a world for ourselves where it's not director of or manager of. Mm. It's, um, You know, we're 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 trying to be as forward looking as we can because the and we, we were we were at this part of the, con- or the earlier in the conversation we we, we talked about this, which is. You know the future of the ski industry is 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 for us to help develop and to to allow them to to um, you know to uh, to be on scene and to and to to change the industry in ways that we probably can't even conceive it might be able to change. Like those ideas, those those secrets, if I can say, are are out there still mm-hmm. to be uh, to be discovered, which is kind of a cool thing. So you know, like I think we're trying to look at everything in that light, which is. How do we act as a a leadership group and how do we develop this thing moving forward? Therefore, what is the example that we can set for the people that will be our licensed professional trainers out there in the world delivering our our products? Um, So that at every step, we're looking at it through the the lens of what is the opportunity here to create something moving forward? And that something might be an individual and their skill set. That something might be broader, more industry-based. It might be a specific product. But it's it's ex- like for me that's exciting to be a part of is is something where it's you know like it's always forward looking as as best we can and like you, like like you said we've got an opportunity to do a lot of things for the very first time mm. um so we're not we're not taking that lightly it's a it's a fun you know creative space to be in
2: how you, if I can also add too like we, we yeah. want to, you know, we we want to embrace where we're at, which is, you know, start up out of the gate and so on, and that wherever possible, that we don't create barriers that have a downstream effect. Like uh-huh. like we just, you know, and as an example, um, although I, I think there's been inroads in, in the ski industry overall, but things like you know how how are we skewing? Are there enough are there enough female perspectives in you know in management in leadership and so on? And we've got work to do. And and when I say that regard like you know overall globally, but then on the other side of it too is you know to our specific organization is are we doing the right things that again don't that just out of some cultural nuance have a downstream effect that's going to be negative towards you know our our. Uh, eventual potential and so on. So we're we're embracing where we're at, quite careful. You know, to, to Jeff's point, quite carefully, and, and how that how that looks and and how it works. You know, like um, do we do we skew? You know, whether it be gender based, can be skew right in terms of age. Do we have enough young people? You know, are um, one of the things that you know my experience has taught me over the last few years is if. If we provide opportunity and, and there is there is a uh, there is um there is a perspective of what the possibilities are, then you inspire young people, right? But if, if they if, if if young people think ah oh, there's no opportunity the hierarchy, I will never break through some of those
0: ceilings from the hierarchy point of view,
2: then they disengage. They completely disengage.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's it's um there's a couple of things that I think we've jumped out from me from that so I somehow I must get tagged in a debate on Facebook about something basically have moved a course somewhere and I don't know I ended up being in it somehow and you can see that approach in some of the long the resentment that the nature of hierarchies and to a certain extent human behaviour to organise themselves into hierarchies you can't deny that because it's a human trait is, you can't deny it, not personally, obviously, within, within, yeah. within what you see, it's, uh, people see, rightly or wrongly, but I think rightly in most, most ski instructor certificate giving out organizations, is that you have a bunch of instructors kind of kicking around at the entry level at the bottom, And then it sort of forms itself into a pyramid or a greasy pole or whatever you want to describe it at. And eventually, if you manage to get through all of the levels, you end up at the top. And then you're one of the people that decides whether the people at the bottom can come through and compete against you. Essentially, that's almost the model. That's certainly a European model. Um, How do you ensure then because i really like your ideas this this kind of flat structure and this kind of openness i like what you're saying i like what i'm hearing how do you ensure that as you reach a certain critical mass of members and stuff that people don't use it you see this often right in organizations they take the organization and they 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 sort of in a quest for power over anything, you see it in, in politics, you see it in corporates, you see it in all sorts of organizations, you see it everywhere. Um, how, do you in, how are you going to ensure that this kind of feeling of openness and this new way that you want to do things remains within the organization and it's, it's um, robust enough to weed out those people who come into organizations seeking power? Because that does happen.
2: That's A really good question. It's uh, you know, yeah, a great question. Jeff Jeff's going because he's he might smile because he's heard me say this before. Like because I, I I think more is more. And and and, and what, what we have the opportunity to do in this world, and I'm gonna go back to some of my Worcester Blackham days. I you know, when I say I, but like the management team in, in that organization, when I was involved, they grew the ski school pro by pro by pro. And my, my point is is Dave, like if you and I were in a ski school. I'm sure you know you would have clientele, you would have clientele that you've got a great rapport with that are uniquely tied to you because of your attributes and your perspective and your health. That would in no way be competitive to me as a ski pro in that ski school. Mm-hmm. I think I would have my rapport and my people that resonate with you know that, that resonate with that relationship. And I think that's the opportunity. So that's a, a micro example, but that's the opportunity that's in front of us. Is is it's not it's not like in the world, like whether it be a ski pro or a client, I bet you I have my clients that would, would like me, and I bet you, you have your clients that like you, and and those two may never cross. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think, I don't, the cool thing is I don't think we're in a hierarchical model here. I think, you know, like there will be people that resonate, you know, that, 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 that resonate with a group of people and so on. And, you know, back to our conversation some of the softer skills, like some of the value and the relationships that form are, they're going to be unique to that pro and that client or that pro and those clients, like, if you will. And we know like in our skiing industry, how many, how, you know, for, for people that are listening to this podcast, how often would you be on a chairlift? And it's a cool environment because you're probably not talking about skiing on the chairlift, right? But you're, you know, you're talking about family issues or business issues or how are your kids doing or all these different things. Like in this day and age, it's an unbelievably cool environment that we have, right? Because we're not, you know, we're, um, you know, we're, we're typically not on our phones when we're out skiing, like we, we've got some real cool quality time. And, and I think the bond that's formed between the value of, of a great instructor and, and, and user, it, it, that, that is endless. And I think we're going to embrace that until, um, until the end. And as long as, you know, I'll say, because I don't, I, back to the zero ceiling thing, I don't think we have there there is no there is no gap and you know and in in my experience every time in life like i like being part of something bigger i'm going to go back to innerski for a second being part of the the world of it was way better it was way better emotionally and satisfied than, than than showing what we were doing as canada like it was so cool to be a part of the greater the greater thing and i think that's our opportunity and that's you know we're embracing that as a startup is what What's the bigger play here? And the bigger play is everybody being connected. So it's a it's a, it's a bit of a but it's we're
1: in such a cool place in that regard. Well, I think too that like it's a conscious decision, right? To to decide to harness the probability of success versus evaluate um, your assumption on potential or or things like that. And I think you know, Dave, that that you know, that's kind of what I infer from your. Comment there is is we do get into this um, mindset I think you know in our in our industry as part you know particularly you mentioned you know if you're part of a certification organization that comes with some some default positions if I can put it that way which is um, you part of your job likely um, is that you're actually certifying people which means you're evaluating their knowledge and their their skills and things like that and and we do end up um, looking at um, people in, in that, that, or from that lens, right. Is is okay. Well, I've got, I've got a thing to evaluate them against. Um, and I like my honest answer to how do you, how do you create that, that open environment and, and, uh, um, not get sort of default into a hierarchical world. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure is my answer. Like I, because time will tell, mm. but what our goal is, is to really search out, um, what is the, you know, how do we help people reach their potential, even if you're not actually sure what their potential is. Cause I don't think you are until they're there. You're just not, that that's not something that's definable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just conscious decisions to, instead of telling someone, cause I'll, I'll be honest, like one of the comments that, that happens out there, and this has come to us through, you know, a third party, um, you know, uh, um, participants in our in our um, in some of our our products of the past, which is the comment that that gets out there in the world is, oh yeah, you've got a long way to go before you can get to you know whatever your level three or your level four or oh yeah no if you're if you're not you know if you don't do this full time for the next X number of years you're just not going to get there, and I, I think those are the conscious decisions we've got to make is we've got to figure out how to encourage that person to keep moving forward regardless of our impression of whether we think they're going to be successful on a certain timeline or 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 what have you that that actually isn't the point at all the point is how do i encourage you dave to to be involved like even this conversation i you know we're we're getting excited now right we're, we're starting to, to trust each other a little bit more and we're i think we're talking about potential of where our actual industry can go and and that's what i would hope to do with everybody, and I think when we when we do that, we do by, by default change the landscape. We we become a, a a group of people who are constantly trying to, um, uh, you know, um, pull from you know pull from where we are and look for opportunities to 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 get um, pulled forward by by other people who are in a different place. And I think that's a culture that we really want to be focused on. Um, again, how we do that and how that, that, that plays out, that will involve conscious decisions on our part too, to make sure that we're really focused on, on making sure that we abide by our own code of ethics and that we focus on, on, on where we want to go. Cause it all has an impact. There's no question. Those yeah. Little comments and, and, you know, you've got a choice every single time to encourage or, uh, or not. And, and we've got to be in the encouraging department.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear where you're coming from. It's, it's, um, it's something in the nature of organization. I've seen it within my own ski school, you know, like, uh, sometimes, well, I, I started this with this beautiful idea that, you know, the management structures of the school is like completely flat and I'm just one of the guys and that's that, you know, like it's, it, it hasn't ended up that way because the busier you get, the more layers of kind of, the more you've got to, someone's got to be the boss, right? Like it's, it's just how it goes. I think one of the ways that you can get rid of those kind of people that are in it for the quest for power or control as such is to make it, which is also what I think they should do with politics, by the way, is to make it all voluntary. So if you want to be an MP in Canada, you don't get paid. So you do it for the love of it. Right. Right. And that then makes sure that I think that you get the right. You've done half the job in getting the right people in to it. Now, when it's a commercial organisation, I accept that it's quite a little bit different. But you know, that's just one idea that's just come off the top of my head. But what I'm saying is, is that as an organisation grows, it naturally slows down a little bit, and it naturally has to put in place structures in order to manage something. I don't. Necessarily see any other way that it could happen, say, if you go from 200 members to 2,000 members. You know, there's a certain extra bit, you know, and signing up, I don't know, 100 ski resorts on the other side. Like it's going to end up having its own certain workload that means that you can't manage it all yourself. Do you, does that make sense?
2: I think yeah. you, bring up, you bring up a good point like one like we you know we like you know on the call like Jeff and I were employees of the organization mm-hmm. you know there, there is I mean we do need to sustain ourselves like and there is real work involved sure um maybe to your model like our industry steering committee and you know I, I don't in any way mean to speak for them but you know what's really exciting is they are involved as volunteers based on the potential based on on what we can we can create together and that's a real real cool thing you know there is no direct vested interest in their in their contribution like it is just it's hey what can we do together and i'll say this is there there you know our to use that committee as a resource the cool thing about that is you know we're we're definitely enlisting their insights their perspectives and so on but i'll be a friend about they're not doing the the work and i put that in quotation marks like we're not we're not giving them homework to build because that's you know that's our job and we want where they're Huge value comes from is is in their perspective. Does this make sense? Does it not make sense? You know what are we missing? What are we not missing? Yeah. You know that, that big picture guidance where you know we then as a staff team want to you know because there is in anything in life there is there is work needed to to take it from some philosophical concept to what does it actually mean? What where yeah. does the rubber hit the road? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you know and, and I mean we're no like. I'll also say this maybe philosophically and maybe this fits in with because and again I, I I agree with your perspective and your experience as well. But I, I think the other side of it too is I don't think we as an organization and we'll make you know, we'll make decisions and we'll make mistakes as well. Everyone does, right? I think it's more important it's more important to make the decision and learn from it hmm. than get in a place where you just go, ah, we're too afraid to move. We don't know we don't know what to move and then yeah. you don't do anything. Yeah. I think that's the uh, that's probably the, the worst case scenario for progress, right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move, we'll do some things, you know, obviously we're going to do some things that are going to hit and, and, and go and, and be great. And some of the things
0: that, oh, you know what? <laughs> we could have we done that one better. Here's yeah, but right it's, how you, it's how you learn, isn't it, Perry? I mean, yeah. it's, it's not really, I don't think there's anything bad in that. I think well, one of the things is, like you say, it's making a decision, not doing nothing. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. You know, it's, it's something so you know that, what's so cool
2: yeah. is that that's a process that we have to embrace as an organization. Mm-hmm. And here's the really cool thing. It's the process of what every instructor everywhere in the world has to embrace as well as often, you know, you, like it's something, what you you know, right down to the, again, the, the, the nuts and bolts of what we do, mm-hmm. you're out with a client, you try something odd, oh, didn't resonate. Maybe you stretched them too much in there, you know, whatever it was, yeah. you know, what you do as an instructor, you adapt, right? You, you, you pay attention to what, what was going on and what impact it had, and you adjust your approach. That, that is like the hallmark of a great instructor. It's not, it's not that they didn't make, quote-unquote, a mistake or whatever, but they went, oh, you know what, that worked, that didn't work. And, and they, you know, they helped guide the experience to get it,
1: at the end of the day, you know, up to a positive experience. Yeah, and that's. that's I'm gonna add add one more one more thing to that too. Is we're you know we're um, you know we're we're actually very very lucky, and I think you know the group of us are quite inspired as well by the fact that that's also the response or the the um, atmosphere that we're involved with 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 a lot of snow um, ski areas at the moment as well. Is there they are also asking that same question: Is oh what's what's possible here, And, and where could this go? And they're interested in trying it because I think. And I don't mean to speak on their behalf entirely, but the sense that I get in the in the close conversations I've had with 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 a few different ski areas and snow school directors is they're starting to look at it as they they may not know of all the answers either, but they're interested in finding out. Right? Yeah. They're interested in working with us to go. Ah, that's actually you've got my attention right you've got my attention and i'm interested to know where this goes and i want to be a part of it and so we're we're also benefiting from that that same thing that we're describing we want to try to create and it's it, it is a continuum i think yeah, i don't know like i say we could probably talk about it for a long time but the the reality is is that at every main connection if if the the concept of forward momentum and potential and and what what's out there as new ideas if that's if that's in the forefront i think there's, there's a lot of success available there. Okay. It's yeah, it's great. It's fun.
0: Well, I think that is a good note to kind of pause this conversation. What I think I'd like to do is once you guys have, have once you're, you're sort of, I, I get the feeling we're just a little bit, i would say too early, but I'd love to have a part two of this maybe after this winter. Yeah. And come back good. and revisit and see how how it's um, how it's ended up after winter one and kind of you know get an update and see where we are, and, and talk through more, you know, in more detail from a technical maybe a teaching perspective, where we are and kind of fill out the the, the bones on the framework that we've discussed today. That would be really, I'd love to do that if you've got time to do it. You know, once winter's come and gone. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Dude. Yeah, it'd be very totally. cool. Yeah. cool. All right. Well, look, um, if 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 people would like to find out more about professional ski instructors of Canada, uh-huh. where would they go? Website
1: psic.pro. PSIC pro. Yeah.
0: psic.pro and you're on Facebook and Instagram if I remember rightly. Correct, correct. Alright, cool. I will add those links into um, into the notes for the podcast as well. So gents thank you so, so much for, uh, for joining me. Um, I've noticed, you know, I really, really want to get in touch with you and find out more. And, um, and we've certainly had an amazing conversation. I really, really appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks Dave. Yeah. Thanks Dave. Real pleasure. All right. See you soon.